0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Thursday, February 20th, 2020. What's that? Two, two, zero, two, zero. That's a lot of twos and a lot of zeros. My name is Will Hunter. I am joined by my meh
1: co-host, Matt Sheehan. Oh, Matt, I, what's up? I think I'm a little more than meh. You know, it's a pretty good day to be alive. Uh, you're back. Thank God. Yeah, um, never leave me ever, ever again, please. And yeah, MSU's just making moves in the coaching search realm. What more could he need? What more big moves? Yeah, big moves. Um, sort of. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk get about to that. It. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get
0: to that. Um, so we're gonna talk about the uh, latest in the MSU football coaching situation. I've uh, got a new, um. Receivers coach officially, not officially an offensive coordinator yet. That's true. Although that's been reported. We're going to talk about that. I know you touched on it a little bit. I didn't get the chance to because the news sort of broke, uh, I don't know, a couple hours after we had recorded and I was out uh, on the town and... Wasn't going to, you know, it was an offensive coordinator. We don't need a bonus episode for that. I was on vacation. Wasn't doing it.
1: uh, Well, if there's ever a team that needed a bonus episode for an offensive coordinator hire, it might be your Michigan State Spartans. I don't know, but I digress.
0: If it was Lane Kiffin. That's
1: true. (laughs) In an alternate Mike (laughs) Leach. Yes.
0: Maybe we can talk about it. Um, But yeah, we'll do that. We'll talk about Jay Johnson. Uh, We can talk about Courtney Hawkins a little bit because that's an interesting hire. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Um, and just kind of how that process is playing out. And then we're also going to talk basketball. Michigan State on the road tonight at, North, at Northwestern. I wish it was Northwestern. At Nebraska. Same
1: thing. Honestly, same thing. It's all, all, <laughs> yeah. both, both two schools that are trash of basketball that start with the letter N. It's all the same.
0: Michigan State taking on Nebraska ball um, Ooh, nice. in a game they really cannot lose. Um, oh, I'll cry. I'll cry real tears if it happens. <laughs> I'll do it right now. So we'll talk about that. We'll tell you some things about Nebraska. Um, Hint, not great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just kind of talk about the team as well, where they're at and where things are sort of sitting because they're in the middle of a nice little, we'll call it a break uh, in the schedule. Not a break, but like a break in the schedule compared to what they were going through. So that's plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Lockdown Spartans wherever you get your podcasts. We do this every single day, Matt. Five
1: days a week. We sure do, Will. It's quite quite outstanding that people listen to us every day. Thank you, everyone.
0: It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's jump into it. Let's start with
1: Jay Johnson. Okay, so yesterday my take was that I really had no take on him. He seemed th- the <laughs> certified a definition of like a 5 out of 10 hire. I have no reason to believe that he's trash. I have no reason to believe that he's a bad offensive coordinator. However, I have no reason to believe that he is a great offensive coordinator. And he's really, his last few years, he's just done a few one-year stints. One in Minnesota. One at, obviously, Colorado. He did a little bit of offensive quality control at Georgia. Well, do you have a take for these people? Or, or no? I wrote about
0: 3,000 words on the subject. So you might have a take or two. Spartanswire.usatoday.com. I'll be tweeting it out as well uh, if you want to read those. And it gets into a lot of stuff we're not going to get into because it's some of its numbers and things. We're not going to get into all of it. But here's just a a sentence uh, I wrote, okay? Amongst those 3,000 words, here's a sentence about 20 words. Ready? All right.
1: Lay it on us. What's the thesis, Will?
0: There won't be an opinion on whether or not this is a great hire because I genuinely don't believe I have enough information to make that call.
1: Okay, so I didn't take the coward's way out yesterday then by saying that I really have no take. That was was a legitimate level-headed assessment of Mr. Johnson (laughs) coming to East Lansing. That makes me feel a little better. I don't know if that's what the listeners want to hear because we do love instantaneous reaction. But man, it's, yeah, this guy has kind of had a bunch of one-year stints. Some okay, others okay, you know? <laughs> he's he's an enigma.
0: He has a lot of experience. Right. And I have no idea if any of it is applicable to anything. Um, so the one-year stints, let's talk about those real quick off the jump. Minnesota sure. for 2016, one year, and then Colorado last year, one year. Mm-hmm. I think it is just impossible to formulate an opinion one way or the other. I mean, you can get a good idea if something is an extreme. Um, Joe Brady at LSU is an example where you're like, okay, he showed up. It went from this to this. And, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. He's really good at this. Totally. I will also mention that was LSU.
1: I've heard of them, yes. Yeah, are.
0: some some four-star, five-star, um, number Wanting... one overall draft pick at quarterback. Like uh, You know, there, there was some some stuff in the S- cupboard. Things to that health. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota and Colorado not exactly
1: uh, football factories. No. Well, um, I was told by on, I was told by Colorado <laughs> fans that they are a very legitimate program and are a program to be reckoned with. Oh, hold on, I got to go back and change some notes here. Yeah, then. okay, edit, all edit, right. your,
0: edit your notes. All right. um, but I think generally, for the most part, um, it's tough to really uh, formulate an opinion on a one-year sample size for anyone. Um, whether that's a coach, player, or anything, and I think it's especially hard when you look at the situations he was in. Mm-hmm. So Colorado last year, they take over a pro style system with a pro style drop back quarterback, and Jay Johnson is an option guy. He comes from the option school. Um, that's what they ran, um, you know, pretty much all the time um, at ULL. Um, it's similar to, uh, I should say Louisiana Lafayette, where he was the O coordinator for five years under Mark Hudspeth, um, who is an option guy himself. Um, so they're installing this system that really looks a lot like what Michigan state was doing last year. Mm -hmm. Um, less, um, I, I don't know what's the sort of word for it. Um, like MSU was like not a full playbook. It was just like patching together different schemes and different things. Like you yeah, had like option. a hodgepodge of little hodgepodge. Offense. Yes, yeah. it, it's I, like,
1: everything short of the veer really. Is, yes, is what we saw.
0: Yeah, it's like Michigan State's
1: offense except for less hodgepodgey. It is <laughs> like they have a purpose. They trimmed it up a little bit. They made it neat, <laughs> kind of like when you get a nice haircut around the edges. You know, it's yeah, yeah, it's there. So,
0: so basically, they're running zone read, inside zone, outside zone. Uh, RPOs off of that, uh, at Colorado with a quarterback who is not equipped to do that. Um, Steven Montez is a pro style quarterback. He's not a runner. He's a decent enough athlete, not a threat, uh, in the run game. He actually carried the ball, um, 44 times. Uh, if you take out his sacks, he had 65 rushes, 21 sacks. Um, so 44 non-sack carries for him. And I'm sure a number of those were scrambles. So, you know, like 35-ish designed runs, 30 designed runs. Um, And the quarterbacks at Lafayette, when he was there, uh, Jay Johnson, his quarterback at Minnesota, all eclipsed 100 non-sack carries. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty significant margin. That's like seven seven or so uh, plays a game that the quarterback is not running where he's used to having a quarterback to run. So... Yeah. That's that was something that really hampered them in Colorado and injuries and a million other things, and it's Colorado. Um uh, Minnesota th- that, yeah. yeah, Minnesota was a total lame duck year. You remember Jerry Kill had to retire abruptly because of seizures, and then um Clays took over and they gave him the full season, but he they went nine and four and Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't retain the job. So like that was a total bridge year to get to PJ Fleck. Mm-hmm. Basically, so he was in that staff and Infleck brought in his entire own staff as well. So he only gets one year there with, again, Minnesota players, um, not his recruits, not fit for the system. Um, so it's really tough to judge those one year sample sizes just because of circumstances that are frankly out of his control. And we've seen that all over the place when teams are transitioning from one offense to another. Um it can be a lot of square peg round hole stuff. Um, I wrote in my story about Stephen Threet running Ooh, Rich Rods wow. deep <laughs> <Yeah>. cut. Okay, <laughs> deep cut. Stephen Threet running uh, <laughs> the zone read with Rich Rods offense earlier in Michigan, and how much of a disaster that was. Um, yeah, it's just it's been a lot of tough spots in his two one year stints as a Power Five offensive coordinator.
1: So the positive spin zone is that this is his third rodeo doing this in the last, what, what that be five years, I think. So it's going to pay off in spades the, the third time around doing this, <laughs> taking over a new offense with players he doesn't really know and just going yeah. for it. So, oh, yeah, it's like riding a bike. He's going to be a well-oiled machine. Yeah, he's used to this. Um, <laughs> no, this is great. He's in a sweet spot right now.
0: <laughs> his uh, his offenses at Lafayette were definitely better. Um, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. A couple tough years, I mean, honestly, and let's be real, it's Sunbelt, it's Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, that's
1: that's fun Belt to you. Make it's sure Funbelt football. It. Thank you very much. Um,
0: there are going to be lean years, there are going to be good years. It's almost like if you have experience, your team's going to be good, and then once that experience leaves, you have to wait a couple years to be good again. There aren't really, you know, like like Arkansas State is like the standout program. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, although Appalachian, is Appalachian State Sunbelt now?
1: I'm, yeah, I'm almost positive there. Yeah, yeah,
0: because yeah, they've been winning it. But anyway, it's just like generally with a Sun Belt team, there's ebbs and flows, um, and you can see that they had good offenses in twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, and then in two thousand fifteen, and take a long, they take a big step back. And you look and you're like, oh, they just lost their three-year starting quarterback. That makes sense. Um, yeah,
1: right.
0: So yeah, some good numbers. Uh, fifth in yards per play in two thousand twelve is crazy good. Um, points per game, 32nd, 24th, 34th, 61st, like decent numbers. So it's, it's, it's a decent offense. Like it, they're, I'll put it this way. It's like what Brad Salem was doing last year, starting to install last year, mm-hmm. except for it's more well thought out, less hodgepodgey and slightly less conservative, um, and a little bit more spread out if I had to just sort of identify it in that kind of way.
1: That's fine with me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's again, again we, we won't know until year two or year three is over. Yes.
0: And that's kind of what I wrote. Like this will be the first time I think we can truly evaluate whether Jay Johnson has what it takes to be a play caller and move up in this level of football, uh, you know, assuming he stays for a few
1: years. So Certainly not an overwhelming. He might get the amazing. edge after one year. I don't know that again. <laughs> he, he's at home when he's at a place for less than four hundred days. So.
0: Yeah. Um, know. So it'll be good to see some like it really continuity and scheme. I think will be helpful. A lot of these players are going to know these techniques, and you know the offensive line coach seems to be a great hire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it can be okay on offense this year. Um, the transition on the other side of the ball is going to be the bigger transition for sure. Um, but there are a lot of similarities to what Colorado did, what minute, or what um Jay Johnson's offenses have done and what Michigan State was trying to get to uh last year. And they like to throw it deep more than Michigan State did. So Sweet. that'll be good.
1: Why not? Let's yeah. just let's just go for it.
0: Yeah. So that's sort of the skinny. It's kind of gonna look similar in a lot of ways and different in some. So there you have it. And and really, middle of the pack. Five out of ten, <laughs> like higher, you're like, okay, we'll have to, that's fine, wait. yeah, we'll have to see how, how it goes. And I know people wanted some sexy name, some hot shot young 28 year old who's got like, Sean McVeigh, yeah, sick facial hair and is super handsome and was a quarterback, but right. it's just like you know, those guys aren't always out there, they don't always work out.
1: Um, it's February. <laughs> It is.
0: <laughs> it's not December.
1: It is. Yeah, that's that's yeah. been the theme of our podcast last yes. few weeks. The old locked on. It's February, Spartans.
0: Yes. Let's uh, let's pause here for a sec. We'll come back and talk uh, about why it is February and and what has gone on in the hiring process for Mel Tucker as we have another assistant coach uh, confirmed on the MSU staff. So we'll do that here in just a second.
1: Do you mind if I start this one and just take it away right off the top? No, you're going right now. That's fantastic. So Courtney Hawkins, uh, wide receivers coach for Michigan State, we rumor or we reported that it was a rumor yesterday. Uh, I like to think I'm an insider now. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, to rewind, there's this one observation I had when this hire dropped. Uh, honestly, like 30 minutes ago, but like just about 10 minutes before we started recording, like this became official. Well, the MSU fan base is so starved for new blood on the offensive side of the ball. So thirsty just for a new name on that side that when it was unveiled that Mr. Coach Hawkins was going to be the coach of the wide receivers, everyone immediately, great hire. Awesome (laughs) hire. Love the hire. Great hire. Did I miss when he literally ever coached in college or the NFL after what was a very good NFL career. Well, did, did I, did I miss something? I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say he's going to be a bust for sure. I'm not going to say I hate the hire even. I, I'm just, what, what, where are people getting all the love for this right off the bat for a guy who's never collegially coached or coached the NFL? A, am I out of line? I, I know this might be, you know, where a lot of the Matt, you're so negative thing comes from. Where's this love coming from, Will? Um is it just the fact that people want to see a new name? Is is that it? Flint beecher has got a nice little program. They do some good things. Mm-hmm. And this is a bonafide, hey, go get a some recruits hire. You know, th- this isn't an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator hire. This is a guy that you do stash at wide receiver. But once again, like where is his recruiting track record? I I I, I don't know. But some people do see. No, that's why I feel like I'm kind of going crazy here with with the reaction to this. Well, he is. How, how old is he? I think he's um, fifty. I want to say. I, I should check that before I just blindly throw in yeah, a number. Yeah, go
0: find his. Go find his age. Yeah. Um, Courtney Hawkins, former Michigan State wide receiver, played in I think the late 80s, early 90s. Right. That is. That is correct. Yes. To 91. Uh, had a nine-year NFL career and has been the athletic director and head coach at Flint Beecher High School
1: he is 50. Uh, yes. since
0: 2006. He's fifty. Fifty. Yep. Okay, so it is sort of an interesting hire because he doesn't have high-level coaching experience. That doesn't mean he's not going to be able to do it, um, right?
1: And yeah, I want to make that clear too. Like I'm not saying that I hate the hire. Or he's going to be a bad coach. I'm just I'm just perplexed at the immediate yes love it (laughs) heck yeah go get him mel like maybe this is dare i say the second coach in a row where we just have to wait and see how it goes (gasps) no (laughs) um i think a lot of what
0: we're gonna see built out on tucker's staff is recruiting is gonna be at the forefront of a lot of things um having that connection to the flint area and really like he it, Courtney Hawkins is probably, um, I don't know, like connected, connected. Yeah, it's probably the way to say it, connected with different coaches, um, different guys who maybe he played against in college, or mm-hmm. went to school with, or um, there's even been other pros. athletic
1: directors like from Detroit and, and coaches even on Twitter already singing his praises too mm-hmm. yeah, at the high school level. So yeah, by all accounts, he does seem like a great guy, charismatic, everything like that.
0: Yeah. So I, I think that is something that. Um, you've already seen kind of pay some dividends within the state as people, high school people, coaches, ADs are excited about this. Players, I'm sure, who know him, who've coached against him, know about his career. Um, that's certainly a, a benefit I think you could point to right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I just because you were a great player and let's like he was a great player. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. It's his pro career is absolutely nothing to shake a stick at um, just because you were a good, great player who played in the in the league for almost 10 years doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. Um But I do think like there are enough positive signs for me to be like, OK, I, I'm intrigued by this. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know he's been in. He played in the NFL. He was a college receiver and has worked with co- collegiate type athletes. Like, you know, I'm sure he's doing other things, not just working with Flint Beecher kids. I'm sure he's out doing different things, yeah, um, with high level recruits and, and is in that world. Um, so you know he's been around it and he knows that. And, and maybe there is some adjustment on different techniques but like the the dude knows how to get off a press like he's going to be able to teach them how to use their hands to get off press coverage and stuff like that so i'm not totally worried about that and uh, you know it's just a different level of player different age kid that he hasn't coached before um you know a kid who (laughs) you know whatever player x at flint Beecher who's a nice kid and just loves playing the game and is happy to be bopping around and get on the field and have fun like it's a little different when it's four-star recruit X who has his eyes on the NFL and wants to get there in three years. You know, it's at a just, Big
1: Ten university. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's and it's just like the jump from that kid to when he's actually making ten million dollars a year to catch passes in the NFL is another jump. So it's just an adjustment period to that. But I don't. I, I feel like with all the positive things that we've seen from people around him in his world about him. You know, you could be like, "All right, I think this guy's going to be able to communicate with kids, motivate, be a good leader, and be able to recruit." And that's like ninety nine percent
1: of the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Like, I'm I'm not totally sour on this hire after like I started that, <laughs> because like I, I'm I'm really not. Well, honestly, I'm, like- I'm fine with bringing, like, anyone with, with recruiting chops in. And there, there was a rumor, I, I only heard it from a few people, that I guess people were in Antonio's ear trying to get him on staff. And I don't know if you remember this or not. D'Antonio had a tough time letting people on his staff <laughs> go, so there was never really a spot for Hawkins. Now, whether that's true or not, at the end of the day, from what we've seen so far, and even going back to the rumors yesterday when people were talking about it, he seems to be well-respected around Detroit flint yeah maybe the west side of the state too i'm assuming i don't know the, the kind of, guy has been in her, high school athletics yeah. for, for a hot minute here yeah he's so, been
0: an ad for uh 14 years not just head coach and ad and like that is mm-hmm. you know a networking thing and you're gonna be totally. meeting all sorts of
1: people so with and with all that said that's all great stuff but just to put perspective on it he still hasn't done anything to this scale yet in, mm-hmm. in his career so that's that's just I, me, I I I don't mean to be negative, I just wanna like level set here and make let, sure people kind of get on the right page and as let far me as do, like expectations.
0: Sure. And I, I think yeah, that's fair. It's just like we need to see how this plays out. Certainly. Um and it's a receivers coach, like mm-hmm. how many times were we singing the praises of uh <laughs> old Treadwell this last year? Was <laughs> yeah. honestly It was either him or Samuel, right? Samuel was the coach until, Terrence Samuel was the receiver's coach until this last year when he went to assist the defensive backs.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But the shuffle got me all screwed up. I don't remember. I think Treadwell took over for the
1: wide receivers. Um, We'll just call it Jim Bowman. Call it a day. (laughs) Call it Jim Bowman. Yeah, that's who it was. (laughs) Jim Bowman teaching stick routes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You know it.
0: You want to hold on, all you, you get five yards and then let me just pace this off real quick. And you want to <laughs> plant your outside foot. <laughs> um, let me do one quick devil's advocate thing and then we'll move on to basketball. Okay. Matt, what was this name that was recklessly being tossed about as a potential offensive coordinator for Michigan state? Like before Jay Johnson was hired, um, just a name that people are like, oh, we should get this guy. from within the conference. I have no idea. Brian Hartline. Oh, God. I'm idiot. sorry. I, Why? I always throw it to you. We, we only
1: talked about him for like 30 minutes on, on that one episode of could he be a offensive coordinator candidate. I don't know. You know how people are like well, bad well, but, but, at but, but, testing. But I'm not
0: done yet. Okay. I'm not done yet. Okay. What's the difference between Brian Hartline and uh, Courtney Hawkins?
1: not a 20 year gap between playing in the NFL and coaching at a collegiate level. Uh,
0: well, the one has a 20 year coaching experience and the other one doesn't Mm. just saying, yeah, just saying, I'm not saying he's going to be heartline and be the next hot shot thing. He's not, you know, 34 or whatever. And there's a lot of ageism in football. Certainly. Yeah, sure. Um, but he had a really nice pro career, he was a really great college receiver, back at his alma mater, well-liked, charismatic, going to be a good recruiter. That's kind of what Brian Hartline's done.
1: All right, I'm all in then. I'm admit, all in.
0: I admit Hartline is, you know, closer to the game.
1: but Yeah, it like, might be easier to sell Ohio State, too, than it is Michigan State as well. That, that might help Mr. But Hartline
0: in his uh, endeavors, but yeah. Let's be honest, the kids, Hartline is recruiting. Are playing an offense that Brian Hartline literally never played in. Yeah,
1: true.
0: Like Jim Tressel's offense is gone. <laughs> the uh, think the, so? pro, <laughs> the pro style offenses that Hartline was a part of are not being run at Ohio State. It's yeah. you know he's had to learn different things as they all coaches have to learn different things. Hawkins going to have to do that, but you know there's enough positive things being said about him. Like okay, we'll see how this goes. We're we're just going to have to see how it plays out. Another 5 out of 10 higher. Another 5 out of 10. I'll give this one a 6 or 6.5 because, you know, okay, Al- alma you. mater, nice. coming back, some excitement, always good to have someone who can be like, this is why MSU's the greatest. I know this. I can tell you. I've been to the league. I've done it all. That I think that is a nice little feather in his cap, and kids like to listen to that and talk to former pro players. Okay. All right. Pause here for a sec. Come back to talk about Michigan State and Nebraska ball. Okay, Matt.
1: Talk me out of being scared for this game, Will.
0: All right, Nebraska is 136th in overall adjusted efficiency, 157 on offense, 143, oh, 157 on defense, 143 on offense. They are a terrible defensive team at shooting. They turn teams over a little bit. They are one of the worst rebounding teams in the entire country, not just Power 5, one of the worst rebounding teams in the entire country. You feeling better yet? It's taking the edge off a little bit. Yeah. Okay. They do not get to the free throw line. They do not make shots. Yes, they don't turn it over themselves um, and they don't foul their opponents. If they didn't do those two things, if they fouled their opponents at an average rate, if they didn't protect the ball like they do on offense, they would be, and I'm not joking here, Mm -hmm. one of the worst teams in the entire country.
1: That'd be impressive. Okay, you know what? That was a lot of numbers, and uh, just one more number I'll give you. I, I think I've moved from, like, a 7 out of 10 on the fear scale to, like, a 5.5. 5. So you knocked me down one and a half pegs, and I thank you for that. They have oh, lost
0: you. They have lost nine straight games.
1: Mm, shoot. Including
0: one two Northwestern.
1: Uh, oh, uh, okay, okay, we're at a full 5 out of 10 now. All right.
0: Their last home game, they lost by 17 to Wisconsin. Ooh. Yuck. They lost by eleven at home to Michigan. They lost by eight or twelve to Penn State at home. They lost to Indiana by eight at home. Indiana's not very good.
1: No, they're not. Um
0: yeah, they beat Iowa at home. It was January seventh. It's been like month, a month and a half since they've won a basketball game. Oh
1: yikes. Uh do you think uh, Jack Hoiberg is a subordinate, though, and is feeding his dad information <laughs> on Michigan State? Do you think there's any legs on that rumor? I literally just started right now. Yes. Hey, there we go. Okay. <laughs> now, now I'm back at 10 out of 10 on the fear scale. <laughs> no, this, um, I, this, this should, we should be. Uh, no, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to jinx it. So There are
0: 353 teams in college basketball, Matt. That's a lot. Nebraska ranks 351st in free throw percentage. What percent? How, no. How, how bad they can shoot, it be? They shoot 60% from the line.
1: Good. Oh, my. As a team.
0: They rank 351st in, in percentage of their shots that get blocked. How, what, what could it possibly be? Thirteen percent of their oh my shots god, guys!
1: What are you doing? <laughs> oh my goodness! Like you remember when Rocket Watts had his spurt in the beginning of the year where he thought he could just mosey on up and yeah. go for a to against Swat? I don't even think that happened at a thirteen percent cliff. Like that—that's insane. Oh my! Oh, oh, Nebraska ball, oh man! You guys are missing Tim miles. Sweet Tim miles.
0: Yeah, their center is a six foot eight, two hundred and forty pound freshman who started oh two games. Um, the other, the guy that they start at center, although uh, they've been kind of um, swapping minutes uh, pretty evenly, they're both starters, kind of for all intents and purposes. Uh, is six nine, two hundred sixty pound freshman, yeah. who is shooting four. He is six nine, two sixty Matt, mm-hmm. and he's shooting forty one percent from two, and forty eight percent from the free throw
1: line. Man, and you know what it's a, a kiss here has got to be smiling ear to ear right now. Just reading that roster and seeing the heights for once, for once <laughs> he isn't going against guys that are built like statues for, for once since the conference season started, he's finally got a break.
0: Um, that person whose name I can't pronounce and I haven't watched a ton of Nebraska. No. You um, All right. his defensive rebounding percentage is 16.8%. He's the highest on the team. Um, for comparison's sake, Xavier Tillman is twenty four point one percent. Marcus yeah. Bingham's twenty five percent. Julius Marble twenty one point seven percent. Connor George thirty five point six percent.
1: Excellent. Happy belated birthday to Mr. Connor George. Happy Jordan belated as well.
0: birthday. Um, yeah, they're just. I, I don't know what else to say. They, they honestly, the things they do well, they don't turn it over on offense, so they get mm-hmm. to use all their possessions. Um and they don't foul teams on defense, so at least you gotta like make your own back baskets and generate offense. Um, but their effective field goal percentage is two hundred thirty eighth on offense, two hundred thirty fifth on defense. Like yeah. rebounding, Matt three hundred twenty eighth in offensive rebounding percentage, three hundred and thirty sixth. And defensive rebounding percentage. Oh,
1: way, way, way too many stats, starting with the ranking in the 300s. That's, <laughs> That's a, just, just the, alarming. Yeah, There's a lot of 300 and ups leaving your mouth yes. right now. <laughs> um, they are the
0: 10th fastest offense in all of college basketball.
1: Okay, okay, there we go. So they're exciting to watch then, maybe? Prob- no, no. I
0: Michigan State really needs to get their fast break game going again. Okay. This could be
1: the game. Yeah, um, certainly can be. So, yeah. it, like, I have something on my wish list, my realistic wish list of, sure. what, of what I want to see. There's obviously not a lot of games in. So, again, it's realistic. Like, I'm not going to say, hey, I want to see a strong backup to Tillman. Like, at this point of the season, it, these guys are what they are. I want to see a great backup point guard for Cassius Winston. Guys, that that's that's just – it's not going to happen. Foster Warrior is still going to be five nine and really not, not reliable. However – the two people that have shown potential in the past, I really do think can get their game rolling here. And really, this is the game to start doing it because, once again, running out of time. And, well, just like you said, Nebraska's not that good. Number one on the wish list has to be seeing Gabe Brown and Aaron Henry. Yeah. Either, like, well, I don't know what you want to call it. Get confidence, get their game rolling, start being more aggressive, whatever you want to call it. These guys just need, for lack of a better term, they just need to start showing up.
0: Gabe I, Brown, especially Henry, has had flashes, and we've talked at length about it, 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 him flashes. Turning, though, yeah, right. him turning flashes into consistency.
1: Correct. And I just, is there anything higher on the on the wish list of though, that, like that you want to see in in this game? That's realistic.
0: <laughs> um. No, I think out of the re- most realistic things, I would like to see Gabe Brown hit a couple shots.
1: That that'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Just honestly, hit a couple shots, Gabe. Uh, not that's not like a. Uh, a a crit- It sounded critical. That sounded harsh. I get it. Shooters go through streaks. And- well, just
1: even be more aggressive, too, because there's yeah. a lot of times, and his last five-game stretch has not been good whatsoever. No, and no, there's a lot of times, absent. too, in the pockets of minutes where it's – where – hold on. Who's that fellow on the court? That's Gabe Brown. Has he been just standing there the entire time he's been on the court? Like, it's – it's not good, and it's it, it's not the reason. It's a reason, though. MSU has gotten uh, themselves on a little slippery slope here in the last five games. So, Gabe, if you're listening, Aaron, if you're listening, take the ball of the hoop, please. <laughs> um, Matt, I, I've just
0: discovered something. Am I going to like it? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to read some names to you. Okay. Um, and you and I are going to come to the conclusion together. I'm already telling you what the conclusion is, Mm -hmm. that Nebraska has the greatest collection of names in college basketball. Hit me. Ready? Oh, yeah. All right. We'll start with an easy one. Deshaun Burke, spelled D-A-C-H-O-N. Deshaun Burke. Okay. Okay. Deshaun Burke. All right. Hanif Cheatham. Cheatham? Cheatham? Cheatham. Cheatham. I think it's Cheatham. C H E A T H C H E A T H A M, Cheatham. Cheat em. Big Astros ha- fan.
1: Yes. But, uh, hey, all right. yeah. see you guys uh, tomorrow.
0: H A A N I F, Hanif Cheatham. Yeah. Um, Ivan, spelled Y V A N. Wow. Okay. It's the spellings that are really good. Yes. Here. Um, we, we, dra- we, Drago. Um, I'm here, I'll spell take it a word for, for you. It. O-U-E-D-R-A-O-G-O. Udrago? Rodrigo? Udrago. I don't know. we Gerv- Gerv- got Gervais Green, which is an tomorrow,
1: easy one. Or tune in tonight to see how on earth that name is pronounced. Yes, I'm excited about this.
0: Mataj um, Kavas. That's going to say. M-A-T-E-J-K-A-V-A-S. All right.
1: So they're a pretty awful team, but like they do have a lot of first-team, all-name team players. I haven't
0: even gotten to the best one yet. Um, here's Akol Arop. That's fun. A-K-O-L-A-R-O-P. Akol Arop. Arop? Uh, uh, well, we won't find out. He doesn't play. And here's the one, Matt. All right. Thorir. Oh. <laughs> Thor... Thor Thorbarnson Thorby Thorir
1: <laughs> I Well I'm I'm watching on Max volume tomorrow.
0: Here's the spelling T H O like Thor I R Thorir mm-hmm. Thor Thor should call him just Thor Thor. And his sure. his, his, his last name starts with Thor, T H O R B J A R N A R S O N Bjarnerson, Thor Bjarnarsson. Thor Bjarnarsson. Thor Bjarnarsson. There's
1: so many, so many letters flying around right now. I'm starting to get dizzy. <laughs>
0: Thorir Thor Bjarnarsson. Thor Holy crap. That is. I remember Are the you first okay? time. Yeah,
1: it sounded like you strained yourself. Are you, you doing okay? I got it. <laughs> All right. That's the good. first
0: time I saw Ayo Desunmu I was like, oh, or not, it wasn't Ayo Desunmu It was Georgie Bishan Shavili. And I was like, uh, oh, God.
1: I won't even attempt that one. Bishan
0: Shavili. Yeah. Now I can do it. Easy. Um,. Thor-Bjarn-Arson. I don't even know, man. It's it's bjarn arson thor okay. arson
1: Okay. I like that. Thorbjorn arson There we go. Thor- Do you have Bjarson. my favorite part of uh, the pregame segments?
0: Michigan State is projected to win 80-70, 83% chance of victory. Heck yeah. According to Ken
1: Pum. All right, Ken Pum. I like you today. All right. There we go. All right.
0: Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow. Recap this game for sure, and if anything has transpired in the coaching world for Michigan State or any like, man, we need to talk about these recruits. Um, Mel Tucker slinging offers,
1: love it, love it, just
0: slinging them everywhere. It's great. Yeah. Um. So maybe we'll talk about that as well. But yeah, we'll be back to certainly recap this basketball game and any other pertinent information in the MSU sports world. Uh, Matt, wait. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the Ooh, podcast.
1: Nice, nice, nice. You can nice. find Locked
0: On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Reminder, we do this every single day, five days a week. Part mm-hmm. of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, Matt, take us home. Ornbarn the Arnson. <laughs> Good luck to him tomorrow. <laughs> or tonight rather.